Well, welcome along to another episode of your favorite podcast, Sweet Tea. It's my favorite podcast. It's absolutely my favorite podcast. I didn't even get to the whole title before you interrupted me on that one. Yeah. We'll try that again. Welcome along to another episode of Sweet Tea and Coffee. Just kidding. Uh, we are so excited that you are here and listening. And this is cool. I uh, want to shout out another friend of the pod. Uh, so uh, less this last week, um, this person came up to me and said, hey, I have binged the pod. Like I've listened to to all of them. And I said, whoa, okay, that's that's crazy. How did yeah. you hear about it? How did you start out? And they, uh, they started out through Brendan's episode. Okay. And, uh, which, you know, is kind of a that's shady a, a, entry point. Yeah, but, I mean, it's uh, a gateway, I guess. <laughs> it's a gateway. And, uh, and then listen to all of them. So want to give a big shout out to Abby Scorzanelli, who is, uh, a Nacogdoches County emergency management, uh, team member. Yeah. That's my version yeah. of it. That's a mouthful. But anyway, Abby, thanks for listening. Cool. And, yeah. uh, thanks for being a friend of the pod. Uh, if you also want to be, uh, named a friend of the pod, I don't know, just say that to us yeah that you've listened and that's the easiest thing that's how you become part of the fan club anyway we've got a really great episode today um we have look this is a this is a uh fredonia hill and nacogdoches uh celebrity we've been trying to get on her calendar for months and months and months (laughs) and she's been booked out um and we have finally finally uh, got a uh, a crowd favorite. Miss Margie Berger is is in the house right. with us today. We're going to interview her and uh, and talk through um, the, her life journey and what the Lord has done in her life. And uh, so it's going to be a really fun episode. Stick around. Well, as I said, we have got Miss Margie Berger in the house with us uh, today, and you know, I think the I think the score is really adding up on the coffee side of things. She's sitting here with her uh, her mug of coffee, and I'll say two bonus points to Margie. Margie, you've got your Fredonia Hill mug, which big <laughs> shout out to the to the Fredonia Hill gear. Uh, Margie, welcome! Thanks for coming in and Thank you. being part of this today. We're excited to. Uh, to have you, there are uh, there. Are, you are a Fredonia Hill celebrity, um, and, and what I mean by that is, I, I constantly hear stories, and this is to your credit. Constantly hear stories uh, about your influence in people's in people's lives, and uh, so we're excited to uh, to have you along. You are um, uh, just a fantastic person and, and member of our church, and excited to interview you. The most recent, and uh, maybe we can kind of start here, and then I want to rewind and get into. Uh, your life um, before all of this, but just kind of current snapshot. You are uh, you're currently in a in a community group uh, with a group of with a group of ladies, and so the the most recent time I've heard Miss Margie has uh, has really been impactful is from from people in that group, and they've said, "Look, if you need a a loving truth teller in your life, Miss mm-hmm. Margie is the is the one, and she has been such a blessing." So, I mean, how did that group start? What what has been your experience in in that group? Tell us a little bit about that, and then we'll jump back into your story. When it started last fall, I got a call uh, from one of the girls. Would you? like to join us we would like to have you and i said who's going to be in the group and they told me and i said you you girls are young you're in your 20s and earlier to mid 30s and i'm an old woman at that time i was 80 years old and i said what 
what do we have in common? We want you. So I said, okay, <laughs> I'll go once and we'll see how it goes. From that there. sounds a little bit like us getting you on the podcast yeah, was too. The <laughs> like, why do you want to? Yes. Why do you want you. me? I have nothing to say. <laughs> so uh, I went the first time and it was really, I mean, we we're talking about single girls, never married, young mothers. And here I am, their grandmother. But it has meshed real well, and uh, there's five of us, me and four of them, and uh, I'll do a lot of listening, and when I do speak, they listen, you know, so it's been good, and their problems are not my problems at all, because they're rearing children or hunting a husband or whatever it may be, but... (laughs) (laughs) We just laugh and have a good time, but we do share uh, one thing, and that's our love for the Lord and our... uh, availability to him to be used so it's meshed and we're into months of it now and we've broke we are taking a break because of our wednesday night study and we will resume later on and may expand uh and adding a couple of more because that would give us seven and that's large enough i think and uh, uh but we meet on wednesday night at Eight o'clock, and we have to be through by nine thirty because we have all got to get back home. That's right. That's so. right. Well, what have you in that in that process? What would you say uh, about your observations of the uh, the gift of multi generational relationships like that? I know that's something that we're talking a lot about uh, is about forming these these community groups, and uh, and so this one is is multi generational. What have you picked up about that? What would you say well, there? I think it's good. I mean, yeah. it, it's good for me because I'm more current as to what's going on in their lives. But um, they can learn from me, too. Yeah. Uh, we learn from one another. And uh, I like to be around young people, you yeah. know, and I consider myself one of them until I look in the mirror or count the years, you know. <laughs> so, uh, but, multi, you know, uh, uh, I just believe in being mixed all ages together in the body of Christ, and yeah. um, I'm for I'm for it. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Okay, well, I want to know. Just give give people because if, if you've been here for any amount of time, um, I know when I, we got here eleven years ago, uh, you you were here and and big part of the church leadership, and uh, so give folks just a, a, a quick story and how you um, got to Nacogdoches, how you got to. Um, Fredonia Hill, just what does that story look like? My life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I was born in the county, so getting to Nacogdoches okay. wasn't that far travel. And I moved to town here when I was 12 years old. I'm the oldest of six kids. Okay. And um, uh, poor family, um, you know. In that day and time, a lot of us were poor. Yeah. But anyway, we came to Nacogdoches and uh, went to. Uh, church at Memorial Baptist out on the Douglas Highway. That was my first church. And uh, later on, I was at Bethel, out at Bethel. And then here I came in 1970, whenever I was first divorced. And it came because a couple of friends who were here in the church invited us. So inviting friends to church is very important. Hmm. And through the years, I have, um, you know, I've just been a member. I have taught Sunday school. I have served on every committee in the church. Uh, so I have been at Fredonia Hill since 1970. So that okay. gives me, what, 50 some odd years here. And I uh, saw lots of changes yeah. and uh, lots of people uh, have enjoyed it. Yeah. Okay. So your, so your journey here started then really 
quick after becoming a single mom. Is that, yes, am I tracking yes, that story right? right? right. And uh, people that, that know your family know that uh, you were raising two hooligans and, yes. uh, <laughs> and David and Chuck. And uh, tell, I mean, take us into that moment. That must have been uh, a, a, a challenge. Uh-huh. Uh, take us into kind of that moment. What is your perspective? All of a sudden, you, you're now a single mom and you got two boys. What's that moment like? I was uh, 30 years old. I had two boys, one seven and one 10. And um, I had a job. I was fortunate in that I worked in the banking world, and I'd been there at that time 10 years already. And uh, uh, so I had a job. Uh, Finances were tough, very tough, and because I did not get – support from their father but uh, and their last name I do want to say is Phillips mine's Berger now but theirs is Phillips Chuck and David Phillips and many of you who have been in Nacogdoches any length of time knew them because they grew up here yeah but uh, uh, I was both mother and father when it came to the disciplinary part of their lives and also the financial support Hmm. So we just had house rules. I was tough. <laughs> Any woman that raises boys has to be tough. If she's mm. not, uh, uh, then everything goes. And that was not me because uh, uh, I I was disciplined as a child, and I expected them to be disciplined. But I could tell you story after story of a um, single mom raising two boys mm. by themselves. We had our wars, <laughs> yeah. believe you me. And uh, I was not a pushover. And they used to say, if mother says, I'll think about it, we knew we had a chance. But if she said no, her no was never changed. And that's true. Your word has to be your guide. So so did you, you know, did you have to be, was that something you had to learn? Did you have to become tough? Or was that kind of already in your personality a little bit and you just had to figure out how to manage it? Or was that something you went, okay, if I'm going to survive doing this, I've got to. I've got to learn how to be tough. How did that come? Well, about? it was probably already my personality because I was the oldest of six kids. Mm. So at home, yeah. you know, I was already a little mother type thing. And uh, uh, in our married life with their dad, I was still had to. I was still a primary disciplinarian to them. So that was something that was probably in me already. I I wasn't a pushover. Yeah. When I started. Yeah. So. Yeah, so so walk us through that then. I mean, you, so you're single mom. These boys are, are are growing up. You, at that point, get introduced to Fredonia Hill, and uh, and and obviously pretty quickly, I assume. And and, and correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, being part of this church becomes a big part of y'all's life. So talk about the influence of or, or what being part of this church community and how that impacted. Uh, your life and and raising the boys and and giving them a firm foundation. What what was that like? Well, when we when I first started, uh, I had I, I became a Christian when I was seven years old, and I've never had to redo that. You know, sometimes people say I you know I was baptized, but I wasn't saved. I was saved when I was seven mm. years old. Yeah, and uh, stayed in the church. Uh, until I was in my mid-teens, 16 years old or so, and then I got married at 16. So I began wow. not to walk away uh, in that church was not so much a part of my life. And it really wasn't until I came back divorced. It's 30 years old. Mm-hmm. And um, so when I first started back here, I would kind of uh, play church. I, you know, every other Sunday was good enough for me. But yeah. before long, that didn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, the Holy Spirit began to do his work. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you're a believer and you've walked away or you're that lost sheep out there wondering, you 
you cannot imagine the work the Holy Spirit does, uh, the correction that he does in your hmm. life when you're not in fellowship. So when I came back and got serious, you know, that changed our lives. But I can tell you story hmm. after story hmm. of raising those boys. Uh, in those days, we had children's church when you were 12 years old or through the sixth mm-hmm. grade, I guess it was. My son David got kicked out of children's church. <laughs> uh, I can remember on Sunday, not. <laughs> on Sunday night, my son Chuck would sit at the back uh, as all teenagers did in those days and they slipped out and went somewhere they shouldn't have gone right. you know I've, yeah. done, I've had it all <laughs> yeah and uh, but when you raise kids and and they do those stupid things that kids are going to do you thank god that uh it happened while they were in your home and you had a chance to teach mm-hmm. them and let them see uh where they were going the wrong direction yeah. uh so um you know, it's not that your kids are going to be perfect. None of our kids are going to mm. be perfect, and you think they're good now. Don't ever say mine won't, or because mm, they, they will. will. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just sure as shooting, God's <laughs> going to let that happen, mm-hmm. so you can eat your words. But yeah. uh, you know, church has always been a part of their lives, and when they got married. Uh, uh, Chuck married a girl of a different faith, and I said, you know, y'all can make your decision where you're going. Chuck and uh, David and Kay got married. You can choose where you choose to go, and they all chose to stay at Fredonia Hill Mm -hmm. and had their families here, and they were raised in the nursery, and uh, even the uh, grandkids who live over in the Austin area now, there's four of them over there with their dad and mom, and uh, they still will compare their churches over there to this one. That's what I'm talking about. And when one of them, Zane, was here the other day, uh, yeah. they had planned, two of the guys had, had dogs out in their car, and they planned to go at, during the service to check on those animals, and they did not get up. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I was some happy grandmother. I love it. I hope that they didn't find anything regrettable in their vehicles. Yeah. But uh, Well, I mean, it is interesting, though, that you mentioned about, I mean, because y'all have a section, an entire row. Every, when we're all here. When you're all here. On yeah, I'm glad you said that, Blake, because yeah. that, that's definitely something to get yeah. into. That's pretty unique. I mean, Blake, I know you you kind of have that here. Your parents are here. Yeah. Your sister's here. Uh, but you've got several generations. Yeah, I mean, you've really got cool. great grandkids. I've got four generations here right now. That are here right now. Talk a little bit about that. I mean, not everybody, obviously, that's that's pretty unique. Uh, talk a little bit about what that's, I mean, what's that like for you? What, no, that's it's that perspective wonderful. Like? You know, I, I don't know why it's that way, other than we were, I was taught that way. I was raised that way. You were family, and you stuck mm-hmm. together. In fact, uh, right now, uh, we have a sister that requires care uh, because of a fall that suffered she suffered mental damage and there's three of us sisters we've been we're going on our fifth year of taking care of her Mm. and whenever i now in my life when i'm asked to do something at the church i always have to say my first job is to take care of my sister and it and unless that interferes i can function but i can't assume a whole lot of responsibility nowadays because i feel that's my calling to help take care of my sister so to take care of my family is just something that i've always been uh, i was raised to do that yeah family is important do you ever have moments where you just pinch yourself and you're going here's here's four generations uh sitting here with me in church and worship that's got that's got to be just overwhelming at times it is, isn't it it is it's it's a blessing mm-hmm. and i don't know why it's happened to me but i'm thankful it has yeah, yeah that's really that's, awesome. that's really cool okay I want, you said something earlier i just want to zoom back to you talked about uh, when you first when you first started coming here 
you were, uh, you were ever, you said every other Sunday was good enough for me, but the Holy Spirit wouldn't leave you alone. Um, and then when you transitioned and, and got serious, you said it changed our lives. So I, I, I would love to jump into this because I think that there's a lot of people coming out of, we've seen this a lot, just coming out of COVID that are really struggling to put a routine back together that emphasizes and holds as sacred just a fellowship of believers and 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 not not, not being critical of that but it's just people are disoriented in their priorities and their schedule and they're kind of they have become less committed i think in some ways than than maybe they mm-hmm. were before and they're trying to figure that out again so so take us into that moment what's that like for the holy spirit to come after you in that way to bring you back into a more routine and more serious uh, approach to your Christian family. I mean, just practically speaking, how were you processing that? What what was going on there? Well, of course, first of all, the Lord says, I want to be first. And uh, to me, if, if the Lord, Jesus, went to church or to the sanctuary or to the temple on Sunday, how am I not to do the same thing? And because he's to be our example, and uh, uh, you know, you can't play church. You know, you to me, it's whole or none, and you do the best you can. We know that health interferes, or maybe sometimes other obligations, but your heart's desire should be to be a part of the family. And I can remember I had a Sunday school teacher. She used to call me on Friday night, and I'd think, if, if I had anything to do, I wouldn't be answering this telephone, you know. But <laughs> uh, but uh, the hounds of heaven stay after you, you know. Yeah. So, uh, But it just – you just can't play church. Yeah. And you need to – even through COVID, uh, you know, I – I was here when the church was open, as soon as it was open. And when it wasn't, we were gathering as my family. We'd all get together on Sunday morning at mm-hmm. my house or some of our houses, and we would listen to the to the message mm-hmm. yeah. or the lessons that yeah. were being taught. It's just important. Church yeah. is important. Yeah. So what do you, so when you say when we got when we got serious and we uh, we started, it changed our lives. Take well, us into that. What does that mean? Uh, ultimately, you have to arrange. You have to plan. If you're raising kids, you don't just get up on Sunday morning and say, ha-ha, we're going to church today. That's no, right. yeah. you have prepared ahead of time. And so uh, you're, and you have to prepare your kids. We're going to church because they can find all kinds of mm-hmm. things to do besides go to church. Right. And uh, clothes, food, all those things have to be prepared ahead of time. And Sunday morning, you got to get them up in time because the devil's going to let them sleep if mm. you'll let them. You know? And, uh, of course, ultimately, it led – to me to tithe because i had never tithed before uh that was a that was a challenge but Mm. we we came through it and uh there were some tough times because of that yeah okay that's interesting so you have a you said that you're um you worked in the bank Mm -hmm. and uh and that's interesting that i'm trying to tie all these things together so (laughs) the, the thing that you were aware of that you became aware of in that in that season of life where you weren't as committed was was that God needed priority, that right. he wanted priority. He wanted right. to be first. And it sounds like that applied to you. What you began to do is apply that in all the different categories of your life. So right. you then had to say, okay, if God's a priority, then that means that that's priority for where we are on a Sunday morning, which means I now have to plan to be 
at church Sunday morning and prepare. That means, what does that mean about my finances? Well, that means then that, that God gets first and gives. So what, what is that like? Uh, kind of take us through the process of, it sounds like you're doing a big reordering of your life. Right. Uh, oh, yeah. How does that work? Like, just how does that play out for you? Uh, what does that What does that look like? What are the ups and downs of that reordering of your life to make the Lord the first thing? It has to be intentional. I mean, it, it, it hmm. takes work. It doesn't just happen. Uh, I don't just happen up. You know, I've got to plan, and hmm. I, I'm and. But when I became convicted, let's just say for the tithe. Um, I had to have a starting point, whew, and I took the first of the year and I uh, said, "Okay, beginning next year, where I'm going to start tithing." And I first tithed off of the growth, the net, and in time, the Lord convicted me that wasn't right. He wanted the ten percent of all, which was the gross, and mm. I had to work through that process. But He was so faithful, and He proved Himself over and over and over. If you will do what I've asked you to do, yeah. or commanded you to do, really not ask, it's com- a commandment that He says it's mine and give it to me. And uh, uh, then it becomes part of your time. You know, we had to institute devotionals at our house, and. Uh, uh, and that was done at night for us, and uh, uh, you had to uh, uh, just, this is our guideline. For instance, my son David uh, had a vicious temper as a child. I mean, it was awful. And uh, he was about 12 years old, had made a profession of faith, and I said and one Sunday afternoon, I, at that time I was using the Living Translation mm-hmm. because I we had the King James and the Living was new, and mm-hmm. that just really helped me understand. It's mm-hmm. not a study Bible, but it's a good paraphrase. Yeah. And um, so that Sunday afternoon, I, I uh, one Sunday afternoon, I took the Bible and with the Proverbs we went through it and said and, and looked at what God had to say about temper. Hmm. And I said, this is not mother talking. This is God talking to you. And you're hmm. a believer, and you're going to have to give an account of your life. You'll stand before him in judgment. I'm not responsible for you now that you're a believer. And so we hmm. went to that, and then we had a prayer. And do you know that I got up, we both got up there, and I never saw his temper again all through the, the other six hmm. years of him being in school? Wow. I mean— the Holy Spirit can do a work, and you have to let a child know that once he makes a profession, when he draws his last breath, he's going to stand before his maker. You're not his parent in that time. Mm. He is a child, and mm. he is responsible, and that can make a difference in his life, too. Wow. So it, so there's a huge level of ownership then that comes when you sit him down and, and have that kind of conversation uh, did you so? Did you find that you're having those kind of conversations frequently throughout their life? I mean, just moments where you have to stop. Okay, family, we're going to stop, or or with an individual child, we're going to shut it down. We're going to open up God's word, and and we're going to allow the truth to confront us here. Was that something that happened often? Uh, yes. Yeah. But you have to make it a di- a practice. I Regular. mean, it's hard yeah. to do yeah. when you're raising kids because schedules are so different. So you have to find a time of the day. And in those days, we all sat around the table and ate. But we did this at bedtime, uh, you know, whenever later in the evening, whenever things was settling down, uh, that we would have our family time uh, in the Word. And uh, uh, but once a per a child 
becomes a believer, you've got a different tool, a different teacher, and that's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And he's got to use the word. Yeah. He's not perfect. I'm not perfect, but the Spirit will do his work. Okay, so let's let's just pretend that a that maybe there's two dads in the room with young families. I don't know. Maybe just for be. for example, yeah. I don't know who these guys might be. I don't uh, either. But raising uh, raising young families, and uh, you know, and and look, we see this all the time. But just young families uh, in the chaos of of raising kids, and uh, and they come to you and they say, "This is how do you how do you do this? This is chaos. How do you <laughs> like? Where would you if if, if there's a, a somebody that comes to you and is they're they're struggling to uh, to put it all together in terms of the prioritizing of, uh, of the truth, prioritizing of scripture, of, of church, those things, where would you tell them to start? Like, what, what would you say to a couple that's struggling? First of all, you got to pray for patience. Oh, mm. that's the f- first thing every parent needs is a double blessing of patience because, uh, you're going to need it. Yeah. Uh, you know, God established the home before he did the church. Hmm. And you don't want to fail at home. And uh, uh, you have to do a balance between home, church, and job, and outside activities. Yeah. Um, as your kids get older, uh, we would sit down on Sunday night and look at our calendars. What have what have we got going on just this just this between now and uh, Saturday? We knew Sunday would be at church, right. but what do we have going on? How many nights can we be at home? Because we need home life. Yeah, That's uh, the world in which we're living now with the phones, uh, dads and moms need to have a time for that phone, but also a time without that phone. Yeah, that it's just. You're you're a dad. You're not on call except in extreme emergencies. But um, you 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 cannot give your family too much time. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. and everything you do is a teaching moment because they'll see you at your worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. And, and you have to apologize. You know, I'm not perfect. I just blew it, and uh, you'll lose your temper. Uh, and yeah. So that's when the patients come in. You know, you just have to pray that I'll be patient. Yeah. Because they're they're growing, they're learning, and uh, they'll model themselves after you so much. And uh, I know my boys, after seeing my lifestyle and our lifestyle at home and their dad's lifestyle, I said, you guys have got to choose hmm. which way are you going, my way or their way? And we had some battles, especially me and my older son did. I didn't ever really have any with David, but I did with Chuck. Uh, and uh, But as a, a young family, uh, you need to give those babies time, home, hmm. where they're not stressed, because they sense your stress. Yeah, yeah. We were talking earlier about just multi-generational. We started really with talking about multi-generational discipleship and investment. And I know, I know for me, one of the things that uh, is of the greatest encouragement is hearing from people who have walked with the Lord longer than I have and, and hearing their perspective and their stories. They've, they've walked with God in different seasons of their life, things that I have not walked through yet. Um, you've been a believer since you were seven years old. Yes. 
you've walked with the Lord a long time. And there's one of my favorite titles of any book is uh, a Eugene Peterson book called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. And uh, and I just want to talk to you a little bit, just as we kind of get to towards the end, I want to talk to you a little bit about the longevity of following Jesus. And you have walked with him in so many different seasons of your life. Um, what, what, what's, what are the keys to, like, what would you say are the, these are the foundational keys. These are the things that I've, uh, I've really gleaned from walking with Jesus through so many different seasons. Oh, uh, the blessed hope, the assurance of your salvation. I, I just cannot imagine how a person lives when you, they're not sure of their salvation. Hmm. If I feared, and I've had friends that would say to me, you know, I, that did not have that assurance. Uh, they looked at my life, and I, and I said, I'm a sinner as as is are you, but for the grace of God, I still have assurance of my salvation. Hmm. I'm his child. I will forever be his child. And there is hmm. so much in that that gives you a peace that nothing no death no divorce no nothing can separate Mm -hmm. from Mm -hmm. and today i view myself more as a sheep and god is my shepherd Mm -hmm. he's the head of my house but he's also my shepherd and when i look at what a shepherd does for a sheep oh there's so much comfort in that and knowing that you're taken care of and uh the older we get and because we've lost loved ones you know, heaven and death is not anything I dread. I am mm. one breath away from being in the presence of my God. Mm. And whether it's today or He returns, it doesn't matter. There is peace in knowing that in eternity I will be with Him. Wow. So that's, I mean, it sounds like what you're describing is the longer you walk with Him, the sweeter it, He grows. Oh, yeah. Like it, there's a, you're describing a depth. You just learn that you don't that you don't get without longevity. Like that that level of depth, you, and you, you never see quit him. learning. Yeah. you never quit learning. I mean, I'm eager to learn, hmm. and I can still learn. Just like I shared with you a while ago, that something the Spirit showed me last week from Numbers 11, that chapter of the Bible. I'm still learning. Hmm. I never quit. Re- hmm. I quit reading His Word and uh, praying, and but teaching me through the Holy Spirit through His Word. Hmm. Well, that is uh, that is of tremendous comfort uh, <laughs> because you do. I mean, because you you look ahead to seasons in your life that are unknowable. Right. You know, you you don't know what's around Tomorrow. the corner. I love yeah. that you said you're just one one breath away. You just every breath is a is a gift. But but hearing from people who've walked with with Jesus for a long time say he has proven himself faithful over and over and over and over again. Uh, and he'll do the same for in, anybody. in your life. That's just uh, that's a that's a tremendous comfort. Seek uh, him while he can be found. Yeah, I love that. Wow. Hey, I want to circle back around to one thing. Yes. And, and I, I'm always really interested in in legacy. And we kind of talked about the generational thing here that that has happened with your family. And and you talked about being you worked at the bank. Which bank did you work? I at? worked at. It was originally Nacogdoches Savings Alone. Okay. And be, ultimately, we became a bank, Superior Savings. Bank. Okay. And and. That you've got multiple generations now that still work in the financial industry. That's right. right. You know, you would, it's very easy as a single mom who has to focus a lot on her work for her, her young, her her kids to resent that, that work in itself. And I just think it's really cool that they have 
gone into that, and then their kids have gone into that right. as well. How, do, how does that feel just to... <laughs> I mean, does it make sense to you, or is it just kind of like... I can remember when David first went in the financial world or yeah. went to work for Edward Jones, his clients would say, are you Margie's son? Mm-hmm. You know, because <laughs> I knew everybody in Nacogdoches. Yeah. I knew for yeah. all, you know, because of the world in which I worked. And uh, uh, I guess the trait, you know, uh, I, my dad was bent toward figures. I'm mm-hmm. bent toward yeah. figures, and they probably are too. Going. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, yours may sing. Don't ask me no, to sing. You, you know, <laughs> I can tell you mine don't sing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, I guess you know, and you kind of do follow your f- in the footsteps of your family or yeah. what you've seen because that's all the only thing you've been exposed to. Uh, but. All of my family was not in the financial world or not in banking, but I think figures. Figures, And yeah. when I read the God's Word, and he'll say it's 48. There's 42 of these cities and six of these cities of refuge. That's 48, mm-hmm. and he tells you that's very exact. Hmm. <laughs> figures are exact, and I like that. Well, this is just a, a side. I, you know, when my grandfather's alive, he always spoke very highly of you. He was in, in banking for, uh-huh. for years and uh-huh. years. Oh, and so yes, he was. He always spoke very highly of you. And, oddly, and, and crazy enough, this episode will release on his birthday. So. Oh, really? Well, oh, of course, cool. I was on a, the board if I, for the savings. I was uh-huh. the only first. I think that woman in Garrison was on a board out there at that bank, but right. in Nacogdoches, I was on the financial board for mm-hmm. you know for years. But I could tell you lots of changes in the world. For were you about to say you were the first? What were you going to say? The first, I, as far as I know, I was the first woman that served on a, a banking board here in Nacogdoches. Wow! Yeah. Wow. Pretty so, cool. That's a Margie. Trivia question yeah. I did yeah, yeah, I did yeah, not yeah, know, yeah. Not, nor am I surprised. I usually say I'm a has-been because, you know, I've had, <laughs> most of the bankers that I knew are all retired, so I can't call up and say yeah. to Tom Choate, this is Margie, and he knows who I am yeah. because I could call the president of the bank now, and he would know who I was, yeah, so yeah. I'm a has-been. Yeah, that's no. a, yeah. I, 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 no, you, that, go, you know what that's called? That's called being a legend. Yeah, you're, you're it's a, a legend. legend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, not a has been. A lot legend. of memories. Oh wow, that's cool. A lot Man, of memories. Margie, thank you so much for uh, for being here with us today. This has been this has been yeah, really been fun. I just, uh, I, I think when it comes down to it, the the encouragement, the challenge. And I think that's one of the things that you do. So I, you, every time we have a conversation, I'm challenged. Even, you know, it, pull Margie aside sometime when you see her and ask her about numbers 11. If you want to be challenged mm-hmm. about grumbling, uh, pull her aside <laughs> because she she is constantly uh, challenging. And I, and I love that. And the challenge, man, I think that, that you've given us today is just where be serious about your yeah. priorities. At some point, you're just going to have to take that seriously, and you're just going to have to do it. And it's going to be messy, and there's going to be ups and downs in it. But starts and startings over again. God of many chances. Yes, yeah. But just, just go. Just start. Just toughen up and go. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I love that. And sometimes we just need to hear that because we worry and wonder, and all the what ifs keep us on the sideline. And you're kind of saying, nope. You just, you just got to jump in the game. And now, nobody asked me about baseball. I can't believe we didn't talk about baseball. I can't either. Do it, I mean, okay, part okay, two. We'll start, we'll lots have. of baseball. Lots of baseball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of baseball. Yeah, if you don't know the Phillips family, there's a lot of baseball. A lot involved, of baseball. Involved that. 
Lots to get into there. Yep. So about thirty years of it so far. Still <laughs> okay. going. Well, good. Well, we've then we've got what <laughs> we got part two could That's could right. definitely be no. with, with Margie. But seriously, thank you for being. You've been such it. an encouragement uh, to I me and my imagine. family and to so many. And uh, and yeah. I'm glad people are going to get to hear a little bit more about you. If you've got somebody that we need to interview on the podcast, let us know. Uh, we certainly want to hear that. We've got some uh, wonderful guests coming yeah. up. I mean, we take we we take your submissions seriously. We, I mean. Margie was number one, I think, on on our submission list. I'm, that's I'm right. Certain, that's right. So. so we really do want to hear from you. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is is too, just what who can you sit down with and have a cup of coffee? Who can you sit down with and, and have a meal um, and just have a conversation like this? What might you learn yeah. by just sitting down with one another and having a conversation? This has been amazing for us to do this, uh, but but every one of us can can do this in, uh, in our own world. And uh, so who could you sit down with maybe this week? Maybe call a friend, maybe text somebody, maybe bump the person next to you and say, hey, you want to have a cup of coffee? and yeah. just see what you might uh, you might learn. And what are you gaining from these stories? We want to hear that too. Mm-hmm. How have you been encouraged uh, and challenged by uh, the things that you've heard um, on this podcast? We would love to hear that and share some of your feedback. So uh, to give us guests or share feedback, uh, reach out to us at... STC at FredoniaHill.org. You're getting better at that every single yeah. podcast. It's just, you've, you've really dialed it in. Yeah. Way to go. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. We will see you next time. Adios. Adios.